0: This episode is about how we can receive from ancestors or relatives that are mentally sick, toxic, or unhealthy, how do we use our challenging family relationships as an opportunity for a deeper self-love, and how to sort out what is love and what isn't love, sorting out the abuses and what's tangled up with love so that we can have a pure version of loving ourselves and loving others. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist, sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Hello and welcome back to the Embody podcast. How are you doing? This is your weekly dosage of checking in with yourself. If you don't do that daily or if you don't uh, remember to do it, but it's your chance to check in with yourself and see how you're doing have some compassion for yourself, turn on the gentleness and kindness towards your heart. Yesterday, I spent the day after having a week of socializing a lot and putting my energy outward, I spent the day mending things. I had this pile of things I had stocked up on my travels as well as probably the last like two years two or three years even like old bracelets that had broken that I love and want to keep and remake I used to make jewelry and uh, these are things I can do by myself sweaters and leggings pairs of gloves that had just broken or had a hole in them that I needed to repair and other odds and ends that just wanted attention. And so as I was doing that, I was asking myself, what needs mending on the inside? What needs tending to or attention? So as we start this podcast today, I invite you to ask yourself that. What needs mending in your life? What needs mending or repair in your heart? And check in both spiritually and emotionally, as well as physically, what What does your body need? What does your heart need? What does your soul need? So, as you sense into that today, I invite you to do something about that this week and do whatever mending or nourishment your spirit, your soul needs, and offer that to yourself as a way to take care of your inner world. The pile of things that I was mending is almost complete. There are a few things that just need other materials, but that just felt so good to get that out of the way with, uh, especially since those things had just been sitting there or constantly being uh, a reminder to me like there's a hole in my pants. (laughs) And, um, you know, how often are we just ignoring the things that uh, want to be tended to? And how good it feels to really look at that, get that through and done with. And to feel the wholeness again of what, uh, what we love or what is there and what's inside of us. The wholeness that something is attended to and taken care of. So before we jump in further to the episode today, I want to share with you this new DreamWork class that I put on Skillshare. It is a class on how to prepare your body and your physiology to thrive in your dream life and to better remember your dreams as well as have better sleep and feel more embodied. So uh, this class consists of six different practices that are embodiment practices that will support your nervous system in feeling a more restful and relaxed state, feeling safer in your body, and therefore more creativity, play, and exploration in yourself so that your dream life can open up and you can remember your dreams with much more ease and have more restful sleep that gives the the space for your dream life to speak itself to you, to give you the images so that you can learn more about yourself and bring those energies into your life, as well as receive your own inner wisdom. I love working with dreams. I had this awesome dream last night. There are some dreams that are just so personal and um, enlivening, and yet uh, it's, it's exciting to work with them and actually have them out in the open. So I I work with somebody on my dreams, as well as a lot of my friends enjoy talking about dream work with me. So I will bring this dream to one of my dream friends, possibly, or my dream worker. And it just, uh, I feel like something's going to come up around that and give me even more life. I can already feel it. And that's how I love to work with dreams, is to feel it in the body what the image gives you or the experience of something that's being shown to you through your dream. And that way, um, it can unfold even more and the true and specific meanings and experience can bring up more in life. So, uh, those, the exploration of dream work in this way will be something down the line that I offer in the dream classes. But if you want to check out the one that I'm talking about now, it's at candiswoo.com slash dream physiology. If you go there, you can also get the two months for free premium membership of Skillshare. And if you're signed up on my newsletter, the first 75 people that are tuning in from my newsletter will get this for free or if you are a patreon supporter you'll get that class automatically for free you'll get the link for that you can also join patreon and offer a contribution if you'd like to um, to access this as well and that's at candicewu.com slash patreon i appreciate all the support that uh all of you out there are giving me, even if you're just listening and enjoying this, even touching one person with each podcast makes a difference for me and it, it means a lot to me. If you know of somebody that's interested in dream work or um, remembering their dreams better, feel free to share this with them if you feel inspired. I'd really appreciate it so that more people can learn about this and um, dive into knowing themselves better. So a few more updates from me. I, as you know, as many of you know, I'm back in Michigan and it's right now, it's almost like a blizzard out there. It's beautiful. It's cold, but I'm so warm in my body and my heart because I'm just um, really feeling the nourishment that I'm giving myself and happy to be around family again and uh, take care of myself in this way. Many of you know, I had this really challenging experience in Ireland while I was working with horses and staying with a host family. And instead of just saying, oh, phew, I'm glad that's over. I've been taking the pieces of what, not only what I learned that was really good from the experience, but also the challenging pieces and what might still be in store for me to clear up inside of myself it feels like a little bit of debris and residue left over from that experience that really actually just touched into some of the past experiences i've had and the triggers that i have it's like i was going back for cleanup and actually that's what my one of my astrologers said that between the months of december and march of this year That it would be like I was going back into all the stuff of this life, the karma, the um, lessons that have already come up and just doing a little bit of cleanup. Some of you may also be on that journey where you're cleaning up the debris and clutter of trauma and what is stopping you from just loving yourself and being in your true expression and if you are on that journey or if you're beginning it, I just keep encouraging you to take the time to nourish yourself along the way and take breaks around it. Do things that feel really good to you and remind you of um, remind you of who you are or make you just feel like you're loved and taken care of. And the beauty of it is that you get to do that for yourself. So as I bounced out of being very social last week, going salsa dancing with old friends, seeing uh, a couple of people that really wanted that I really wanted to see that were from a long time ago and seeing a lot of family, I um, shifted gears into this feeling of retreat and mending things was step one and then Shifted into what are the things I want to do with myself? And some of those include taking a salt bath where I'm staying. I don't have a bathtub. And so it's something that I really want to do. Maybe I'll go to my aunt's house and do that. But what are some things that you want to do with yourself? Would it be nice to go to the movies by yourself? Or would it be nice to journal or listen to some music and just rest? What can feel nourishing to some part of you that really wants attention? I also want to share an experience around my own healing that is very in process and in progress. A lot of people ask me, How do you, what kind of experiences do you have? Or um, how do you work through X, Y, and Z? What happens if you have tension in your body? And also, since I do share some of my healing work with myself on this podcast, people often wonder uh, or have the experience that it seems like I can get through a healing process very easily. And while that is true, that a lot of times things just open up for me easily now, it wasn't always the case. I'd get very stuck with certain emotions for a long time, and they were held in my body with a lot of tightness and pain even. And I haven't had pain in my body for quite a, a while, maybe two or three years now. When I eat well, and when I'm digesting well, not just food wise, but energetically, I'm digesting my emotions and experiences and the things that are coming up move through me because I give it that attention then my body feels very clear and I feel grounded and present. Well, while I was in Ireland and as I, as I got home, my back started hurting. There was this pain in my lower left side, a lower left back, and upper right um, like shoulder blade. That started happening yesterday, actually. So when this happens, I like to just let my body show me and tell me what is going on. And I have a few techniques to do so. Uh, One is just feeling and allowing, allowing movement and allowing what my body uh, wants to do to happen and seeing what images, what emotions and thoughts come up to me and following that lead, following that, um, those breadcrumbs and another way I work with it is to ask the pain, imagine it, visualize it and see it and ask the pain or the tension. What are you or what do you need? Not from an analytical place, but from a sensing in an intuitive place where whatever I see or hear from it. I listen to without any filter and explore it kind of like I'm talking to a friend with a lot of compassion and without any need to make sense of it. Well, this time I wasn't getting much by asking. So I followed the lead of my body with movement and this sharp pain in my right shoulder blade came out as anger and wanting to like stab something. So I'm just doing the movement of that and feeling the anger and feeling this desire and need to clear the space that's just for me. And as you already have heard on this episode, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going back more inward to have a retreat with myself and do things I need to do and want to do. And it requires clearing up some space for that. But this was Deep, Deeper Seated, This had to do with a younger self that needed the space to be herself and to learn about herself. And that anger, I couldn't exactly explain it all, but I just followed it, let it be felt. And when emotion comes rising up, I know I've hit a sweet spot or I'm resonating with the energy of what's lodged in me. So that's coming through. And then suddenly I held my right foot. And it reminded me of an experience that I had in somatic experiencing training where this um, other trainee was holding my foot and I was crying and something about that felt really right. It was an unspoken experience and need of my body for this leg to be held. And I had the words, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go of me in that experience and that resonated right with my present experience and what that unfolded to was some of my younger my younger child experience of feeling the need for someone to hold me and help me through some really hard emotions especially a a male figure and this wasn't exactly there in my life but also it connected back to a piece of my grandfather's experience where he was given away when he was five years old. And the words, don't let go, don't, don't leave me, don't, don't let go. That just seemed to fit right in the context of my grandpa as a five-year-old. And just imagining that experience of trauma as he was given away the stories he's given away for money after his mother died and his father couldn't take care of him. I don't know the rest of the story, but it uh, seemed like he had never accepted his adopted mother. And I know that it's connected when I feel into that. And somehow that changes something in my body. And so my body started shaking, my right leg started shaking and releasing. And it's like, you know, when a faucet that's stuck gets turned on and it starts like, like, like just coming out a little bit and then it starts uh, spurting open. It's like that. It's like the energy that's blocked there in the body is trying to make its way out. And that's what the feeling was in my right leg. And I could feel some of what was in my back release. And so there's a little more to my process, which I won't say here, but what opened up through this experience was not only my experience, but an ancestral experience that was still connected to me and a repeat in my life. I share this with you now, also feeling this pain in my back it's not completely gone so I know that there's more but what I do experience now that I didn't weigh in the past is that I have a lot more enjoyment along the journey of healing I experience this this pain as okay what is here for me to explore and I don't pressure myself to make it go away as much because I do feel the trust and belief in myself. The faith that I can process through this and it will shift, it will move, it will leave, it will reveal more to me. And I've gone through that enough times to know that that's a reality for me. I used to feel worried and scared, like what was wrong with me, and this won't go away. And that was just before I had the tools to move through an embodied healing experience that got me through to the other side. It doesn't mean it doesn't keep happening for me where I have layers and layers of healing, but I do experience it very differently and I have less now. So it's a bit of hope for all of you as well that are out there struggling or feeling a lot of challenging healing experiences coming up that there's a different experience as you continue on and find more capacity and resilience. and can even find a pleasure in learning about yourself through feeling. I wasn't sure what to do this episode on, and as it was coming closer to the need for me to record this episode, I felt kind of lost. Like, what am I going to talk about this week? I have a lot of topics lined up in a way, but I really like to feel into what resonates right in the moment this week and what I'm experiencing and where things are evolving. So because this is a living and breathing podcast, I just threw out the list and wondered what I would do. And the beautiful thing is that someone, a listener, wrote to me a question and is a very important and deep question. And that's the topic for today. So I want to read you... The question that this listener shared with me, which leads into this topic that uh, I'll discuss today as well as the experientials that will go out this week. So this listener asked me, can you receive help from ancestors or relatives that are still alive if these relatives are sick, toxic, or unhealthy to you in your life? And she further asks if there's a long pattern of unhealthy bonds Can we receive strength from these people? Can we receive something? Judging them is not useful and cutting relatives from our life is very painful, but sometimes is fundamentally healthy. But how can we create balance? How can we energetically create balance? So there's a lot of components of this question. First, let's start with the topic of Toxic relatives or unhealthy dynamics with ancestors or people in your family. I think we can all say that there's some relationship in our family or in our family line that is challenging. I have only met a few people that don't find that their family life brings them a bit of challenge. So as you listen into this episode, Well, let's open up. Do you have any relatives, whether that's your parents, your siblings, or anyone in your family line that challenges you, that you feel heartache with or tension, or perhaps you're angry with or feel sad about? Just take a moment and notice who comes up for you. Are there people in your family line that you wish would be different? If you've cut your family out, are there people in your present life, bosses, managers, coworkers, friends, acquaintances, are there any people in your present day life that remind you of a family member or a dynamic in your family? I find that the inner imprint of a relationship dynamic, especially if it was an early relationship, meaning one that you had in your early life, perhaps that's with a sibling, even a friend or a parent or caretaker, the imprints of those relationships mirror elsewhere in other relationships with people, with money and abundance, with even objects and things that hold meaning or situations, that somewhere those dynamics get mirrored and some, some psychology theories call it a social microcosm that um, your social world is a microcosm of your family world. So the question is, can you receive support help or strength from the people that feel like they're unhealthy in our our family line or that we even call toxic that it's so stressful and very hard to interact with them or perhaps they are mentally ill or create a dynamic that is very hard to interact with from a family constellation's perspective. The answer is yes, at least in my experience and from what I've seen. But that's not always the case. But the first thought I have to this question as far as the outer life, the real life outer relationship is that sometimes having distance is the most loving thing. You can love someone at a distance. You can be at a distance and actually have a better relationship than you would up close. And that amount of distance just varies for each kind of relationship. Ultimately, if we are loving ourselves and if we've healed up any wounds that are caused or rooted in this relationship, then we may be able to see this person very clearly and we can see what we would receive from them, what we can receive them from them and what we do receive, we can feel into what's deeper than the human experience, perhaps their soul or spirit, and feel the love that's actually way, way deep, deep, deep down. With some people, that's harder to see than others. But deep down, we are bonded with some version of pure love. And it just depends how many layers of distortion are on top of that distortion by the human mind and ego and pain. But when we look at the soul of, let's say, our parent or grandparent or whoever it is that we're struggling with, can we find the part of them that actually is offering us some strength or love or gift of some sort that comes forward that we can feel through them in that relationship? The answer would vary, I would think, but this is something that I've worked very hard with, with my father, my mother at some point, although now our real life relationship is so much better and great, but there were times where I had to look for the love that was deeper than I could feel in hu- in the human form. And with my father, we are very much at a distance and can love each other now. But when we get up close for too long, sometimes old old th- parts of us come up and we can butt heads a little bit. But when I look to him now and feel what's deeper, I can feel a lot of resource, a lot of logical smarts, a lot of um, financial smarts, a lot of love. I used to wish that my father was different. I used to wish that certain parts of my family were different, even beyond my father. And what I realized is when, when I wished that some people are different than I have expectations of them, that there is something that I depend on them to give me. And that's not to say, oh, stop doing that, although you might tell yourself that, but it's an indicator of where my heart and my soul wants to learn a more expansive love for myself. There's a gap of which I'm asking someone else for my own need to be filled. And that may be there because in childhood, I really needed someone else to fulfill a certain kind of safety or love. I depended and we depended on others when we were children. But if you're an adult now and you're listening into this, perhaps it's time to see, if you don't already, that the things that we desire from other people, especially our family members, these pieces of us that still wish, oh, I just wish so and so would be nicer, or I just wish they would do X, Y, and Z or be different. That's just an indicator of where we need to fill in the gaps for ourselves. What part of us wants them to be different? What does that part of us need? And so it's about learning to relate to ourselves differently learning about the reactions that we have and what parts of us are perhaps stuck in time, still wanting X, Y, and Z from our parents or from our siblings or from whoever it is in our family. That's not to say that our family members don't have their own issues or that they are not certain ways. Sometimes it's helpful to name that. Sometimes it's helpful to recognize Where our parents or where our family members are emotionally stuck, where their fears are or their insecurities, and to have some compassion for that. And what I mean is to be able to recognize that so that you can emotionally distance yourself a bit and also see that you might be in that same reactive place if you were them. But it's not to stop there and just let compassion Be the end answer. That can only go so far. And if that's all you need, then great. But for a lot of people, we need something more. We need to process our own reactions to our family members. We need to move through those feelings that got stuck there too. So if we've had experiences with certain family members that have been wounding or hurtful or unsafe emotionally or physically, whether that's in the past or up to now, we need to move through those emotions and physical experiences, as well as any meanings or belief sets that come out of that, to help ourselves move forward. We can't just always logic our way through, and for some people they can, but for most of us it's held in the body, it's a visceral experience, especially when it pertains to a younger experience. So the second part to this listener's question was, can we cut the luggage, our emotional luggage or uh, the luggage in the relationship of the family member and me using compassion and understanding of their behaviors? I believe that recognizing where someone else is, is incredibly helpful, but not to use that as a weapon, but as a way to see more clearly, give you the distance so that you can look at your own emotional wound or what's there for you. So it requires both. It's not helpful only to just say, oh, okay, so-and-so is just having the experience of being a younger child. They're emotionally stuck at, I don't know, eight years old because X, Y, and Z happened to them. That can be incredibly helpful and it can go a long way. And it can be this indicator that this experience didn't start with them. And what I mean is it can be a repeated ancestral experience, an intergenerational experience that has uh, reiterated itself down the line, a cycle. But feeling through any pain, feelings, or sensations you have is the deeper process that can give true freedom from the luggage, so to say. The freedom that gives rise to compassion from a natural place and having the right kind of distance or closeness that's appropriate in the real life relationship. It gives you the the sense of what's true and right for you right now and the ability to feel clarity and neutrality within the experience and do what's right for you. So ultimately, this visceral reaction in your own body is what wants to be processed. And a lot of times that can include a body experience or the physiology of trauma, the, the body experience that goes along with something that was overwhelming to the system. So this is about you. And that's not meant to be a way to blame yourself, but a way to say, oh, this is where my power and empowerment is in taking responsibility for where my wounds are And where my reactions are and what that tells me about what wants to complete itself in my history. What wants tending to in my heart or soul. And that's true power. To shift the dependency off of the family member that we're struggling with. To shift the expectation off of them. And to turn within ourselves to heal the wound that is there. So we go inward and we work with the inner relationship with ourselves and how we see the world around us, how we see the people around us is part of that. That's like shadow work. We have projections and judgments of other people outside of us, but really that's telling us something about ourselves. It opens up into where a wound may be for us and the way we protect ourselves with that judgment. So let's process what that is for us. Let's look at it with some compassion and gentleness. So processing through that can mean sensing into your ancestry and noticing where the patterns existed and how you're part of that or to notice where are the losses and traumas in the ancestry that perhaps you're connected with Family constellations is one of the most powerful ways that I've experienced doing this. And it's not about analyzing these losses and experiences. It's about feeling through them. And with a group experience of constellations, you can witness other people supporting you in doing that by standing in as representative for your relatives and seeing the dynamic play out before your very eyes. There is an episode about family constellations, just a very introductory one that I did very early on in the podcast. And it's episode five. So you can find that at com slash EP5. That explains a bit of family constellations and how that might work. But just to talk about the philosophy today, when we experience challenging relationships with our family members. These are openings to the pain of the ancestry. It likely didn't start between you and this person or between two people that you find have a lot of tension or anger within each other or some sort of dynamic that you don't like to see. It probably goes farther back. And how did that come to be? What was the catalyst or the root of this issue or dynamic and what I typically see and what constellation facilitators typically see is that somewhere along the way the feeling of love which is underneath everything was so big that when something happened it was so painful and that painful experience didn't get integrated So maybe that was losing a child or losing a parent early or even later in life. Maybe that was an illness that happened or an accident. And it was so painful to bear that the family couldn't look at it. Maybe it was war and how terrible war can be. And to not talk about it because it's hard to talk about. Those experiences that were silenced or not talked about are usually the ones that get passed down and that can open up to a way of coping and a way of protecting that down the line, down the ancestry or in our own lives becomes dysfunctional. It feels like it's hurting us. It feels like self-sabotage, but somewhere behind that before this became dysfunctional was a protective, a protection that came from this um, dysfunction. It worked at some point to protect and to allow people to survive, and then it just continued on. So when we have tension between family members or a challenging relationship in a family, it is that opening to the story and the soul of the ancestry, the story that wants to be acknowledged and heard And healed and these can be healed by you with family constellations you can do it in a group you can do it one-on-one it's something that I facilitate with people and it's incredibly powerful and a very personal experience you're not doing it with your family members you're not bringing in the person you have a challenge with and working it out by talking but we're working with the felt sense in the body, the emotions, and what didn't get to be seen. And when we do that personally, it has a reverberating effect on the real people in our lives, on people who are dead and the ones alive, because we're so unconsciously connected, energetically connected, that our wholeness, when we have an aspect of ourselves that we've healed or a part we're integrating into more expansiveness and more wholeness that affects everyone around us. So earlier when I talked about seeing the soul of somebody in our lives that is challenging, seeing their the, the, the love that's underneath whatever toxicity we see on the surface... That's part of constellations, because there is a deeper knowing that the spirit that's beyond the physical and human body, if we can access that, we can receive gifts that are not the sick, toxic, or unhealthy part. It is much harder to do that in our real life if that person is a a toxic part of our life, and depending on who they are in our life, if they're parents or someone else, but If we can integrate that for ourselves, that there is that part of them that we can receive love from. Love being a free witness and uh, warmth coming through. Then we can build for ourselves something that is beyond that toxicity we see in human form. We can feel into that love and not expect the human person to have to do that for us because we have the resource to feel it within us. This may sound um, hard to do. I don't know how it sounds to you. It may sound like what is Candace talking about. Um, if you have the interest to go deeper with this, um, it is one really powerful way to resource yourself and feel the love from within by using your image of someone you know, a relative, feeling into the love in them, so that you can feel that for yourself. Another way to work with your inner world around your experience with challenging relationships in your family is to work with, with your inner parts. What I mean is that certain parts of you probably get activated. When something happens with a family member, when something stresses you out or makes you irritated or you have a reaction, when we feel that, let's look at what part of us is experiencing that reaction. Is that part of us a younger version of ourselves? Is it just an angry part of us? If we can connect with that part of ourselves then we ourselves can give this part of us what we need in order to heal. What we need that we wish someone else in our family would do or give to us, whether that's their attention or some acknowledgement or validation or some kind of apology or anything. We can look towards ourself and give that... To that wounded part of ourselves. I did a whole podcast on that as well, and it's about parts work, working with the parts of ourselves and embracing all the parts. You can find that podcast at slash parts, and there are experientials that go along with that to support you in healing certain parts of yourself that may come up. And if they come up with family members, This is a perfect place to learn more about yourself, which leads me to the last thing I want to mention today, that if we have challenging experiences with family, that gives us a very deep and powerful opportunity to look at how we love, how we love ourselves and each other, because we probably learned and picked up some ways of loving that are tangled up with pain or intermingled and paired with other things that make it complicated, make us confused about what what is love. I believe that love is pure attention and witness. It's where your energy is directed. And being present with what's there and what is felt, this is love. So it could be the moment of having a connection with someone, even a stranger. The feeling that feels like you're really seeing yourself or seeing the other person and likely both comes with recognition and allowing what's truly there. Something that feels real and genuine. What I find with families and with people who have experienced some challenging early childhood experiences or traumas or really hard dynamics with their family members is that love gets tied up with abuse or hurt. And we learn that loving means to stay when pain is there or to accept um, certain bad treatment Because it shows that you love them. Love can be tied up with being silent in order to show someone else you love them, not telling them the truth of how you feel because it's uncomfortable for them or for you. Love can be tied up with all sorts of loyalty to abuses and to things that hurt. This is the third part to this listener's question. She says, my doubt is that a family system can have accepted and integrated abuses as love loyalty to abuses as a sign of love. And it can go through ancestors that will carry on this experience unconsciously. This is a whole other podcast that I will, that I would like to talk about very soon, but just for today, I want to just acknowledge how love can be tangled up with so much. In my own family, in order to love, I had to keep my emotions to myself. And it would be selfish if I spoke to uncomfortable emotions. And this was the way to love and respect your elders and your family members. When we have challenging relationships in our family system, when there are abuses or when there are ways that emotional wounding happens in a relationship. We often get confused about what love is and what we have to endure in order to, um, or what we have to accept in, in relationships because there is love there somewhere, but then there's this hurt that comes with it. And part of what I believe are work here is as humans is to sort that out and to learn what love truly is and what it isn't and to learn how to truly love ourselves as we grow older our family issues our challenging family relationships give us the most prime and raw and powerful like loaded material for us to learn where we need to love ourselves more and to learn how to love ourselves. These are just giant lessons in self-love. And what I mean is that we need to learn about where our hurt was so that we can learn a greater love than before. And when we have certain experiences in our family that show us giant wounds and they don't help us heal those wounds, if they do, then that's wonderful. But when they don't, We are left with this gaping hole in our heart or in our body. And part of our work with ourselves is to heal those parts of ourselves up, to feel through those emotions that we need to feel through, and to give ourselves the love, the attention, the validation, and support that perhaps we didn't get before which is going to give us a fuller way to be there for ourselves to truly love and accept all of who we are and to let those past wounds and experiences move through so that we don't identify with those parts of ourselves as who we are but that they're just part of this fluid experience that we had and that give us Those opportunities to learn how to love ourselves. And that loving of ourselves now helps us grow our awareness. It helps us expand and feel more of the human experience. And it shows us how to be in the body, but also how to see beyond human form. It shows us how to look into spirit, look into our souls, look into what we deeply want and what we what wounds we came in with in this life, what beliefs we came in with. And this feeling into and sorting out what is love and what isn't is part of what we can do for ourselves and the next generations. So I want to mention a couple of other podcasts that you can tune into if this is an interesting topic for you. As I mentioned earlier, there's a, a podcast about parts work, and that's at CandiceWu.com parts. There's a blog post on showing your inner child, your present day self. So showing your uh, younger version of yourself, your adult self, so that you can bring healing and sync up the past to the present. You can find that at CandiceWu.com slash healing your inner child. I had a friend, Nick Warber, come on the show, and he and I talked about family constellations and also working with a challenging family relationship. So you can tune into his experiential at com slash Nick. Also, there are a couple of experientials about healing the past and moving forward from challenging relationships, and that is at com slash past is over. This episode supports you in looking at what parts of you are stuck in time, at completing a chapter of the past, and releasing and closing a relationship. And also, as I mentioned earlier, the Family Constellations intro episode is at com slash ep5. Stay tuned this week for three healing experientials that are family constellations inspired as well as somatically and energetically inspired, and also bring self-forgiveness. So the first one is going to be healing the ancestry and giving the ancestry, imagining that your ancestry has what it needs in order to give to you what you need. So seeing what was needed in the ancestry and letting it trickle down to you. The second one is turning towards self-love when you experience a challenging family relationship or with, around a family relationship that is um, difficult and working with that inner child in you or the part of you that feels a reaction. The third experiential is about self-forgiveness around dependency and w- where you feel dependent on someone else or codependent on someone else to give you what you need, and having that self-forgiveness around the judgment that comes with it. So stay tuned to all of these, and if you've subscribed to my podcast, you'll see them come out this week, and if not, go to my website at candicewoo.com slash podcast, and you can find those there. This is podcast 61, so you can also go to CandiceWoo.com slash EP61. I'm so glad you tuned in today. Let's end today with a little bit of tuning into yourself and just seeing where your heart is now. So take a few breaths and breathe into your heart, into your body let your breath be natural and take this moment just for you to sense into how your heart is doing right now notice how you feel right now after this conversation if any parts of you want attention now or any new ideas have come into your being and just acknowledge anything that's coming up. And I invite you to give yourself the attention you need this week. Reach out for support if you need to a friend, a healer, a therapist, coach, or me. I'm always happy to talk with anyone that uh, wants to connect. And if you've never done a 20-minute free consultation with me, I um, invite you to do that there's no pressure to continue on or have sessions after that it's purely a a place to check in to see if there's next steps that you'd like for yourself to explore what you really desire and uh, if there are referrals that I can offer you or if it feels like a really good fit to work together we can go from there. And as we conclude today, I invite you to sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter at CandiceWoo.com slash embody. This is where you can get self-love tips, receipt updates, get all the info about the podcasts and retreats and workshops that come up, as well as the online classes. And I want to thank you so much for being here. And I wish for you that you have all the love in the world for yourself as you go through your day, as you go through the week, and in your whole life, to let that inspire you to be truly you as fiercely and as much as you want to in your life. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I forward to seeing you next time on the Embodied podcast. So as we shift gears here, we'll end with a little music so that you can shift into your day today or wind down